the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I saw that one of the very first concerts is going to be playing next week. And um, I think we should come up with a (laughs) – how shall we say this? I think you and I should come up with a big show, a festival, and we should call it like Six Feet Partlandia. Because Live Nation Entertainment's giving investors a glimpse into what the future of music is going to look like because they actually have an event that's going to go on in one of those states that you're allowed to have events. There is a singer, Travis McCready, I know nothing about. He's the front man for a band called Bishop Gunn. Um, he's going to play a set on May 15th, and we're going to look at it as like, is this what music's going to look like? Listen to some of the guidelines. Um, obviously, Live Nation, their stock is down 49%. It's a stock that I want to own. So I'm doing research on it, and I'm sharing like some of my thoughts. Not my research, but my thoughts with you. It's the world's largest concert organizer. Concerts aren't cheap. They seem to be getting more expensive. With everything streaming, it seems to be the best way for artists to make money. That seems to be a good formula for me to start with. But at the show, there's going to be what are called fan pods, which will consist of anywhere between 2 and 12 seats which will cut the allowed attendance down to 229 fans, just 20% of normal capacity. If you're at the show, you'll have to wear a mask, and you'll have your temperature checked at entry points. Okay, now let's think about this for a second. You're going to go to a concert. You're going to see Travis McCready. You're going to get a great seat, and you're not going to be near people. You're going to be loud and talking and standing in front of you. You're going to be in a pod, so maybe if you come to the show with 10 people, you get to stay with those 10. But let's keep talking about this because this is interesting to me. Um, so you're going to be in a pod of anywhere between 2 and 12 seats. Attendance will be 20% of normal capacity. Attendees, and I, I that sounds like heaven to me. Have you ever been to a show that had too many people, like every single one of them? Would you pay a premium to get 20%? Capacity versus 100%. I would. I know you're saying, shut up, rich guy. So you have to wear a mask. That's a little bit weird for me. Just the concept. Fog sprayers will be used to sanitize the venue. Bathrooms will be limited to 10 people at a time. That seems like too many people. I don't know how big their bathrooms are, but that seems like too many people in a bathroom. Um, Soap and paper towel dispensers will be touchless. Concession stand food and beverages will be prepackaged or have lids. This is what the future of concerts look like in the short term. So when does concert touring 
on a larger scale come in? We don't know about that. McCready's show is a positive step. It's a baby step. But do you remember when your baby took its first step, how excited you were? And like you had to show your husband or you had to show your wife, like, look, look, look what my baby did. Positive step in the right direction to see where we're going to be looking at by the end of 2020, maybe what it looks like in 2021. So big show coming up. I throw that out there because, again, I'm not trying to do how many people died in New York. Is it right or is it wrong to open up the economy? I get sucked into it, but I try not to do it. I hope you appreciate that. Consultant Burger Rose, take any action. Any stocks ever mentioned on the show? Um, positive day again. What's fantastic about it is it shows you how nonsensical the market is. We've learned that 33 million people have lost their jobs in the last seven weeks. And yet the NASDAQ's up 15%. The S&P 500's up 10%. The Russell's up 9.5%. We're up today. Uh, one of my favorite commercials is a Google commercial. Back when we didn't really know what Google was. And there was some big, strong guy. And at one point in time, he says, Great Google and Moogluta! Or was that a Doritos commercial? Great Google and Moogluta! I can't even do it anymore. Um, where was I? I've lost my train of thought. Oh, no. So the markets are doing well. Um, and it doesn't make any sense. We have a whole bunch of seniors in high school who didn't get to graduate, and now we don't know if they're going to go to college in the fall or not. We're having students start suing colleges for money back. Um, tough to get that one going. More Americans file for unemployment benefits than expected. Tomorrow's going to be a big number. We'll talk about it on this show. Peloton came out with great numbers, and their founders said people will be slow to return to gyms. I agree with that. A, it's a big expense, a big monthly commitment at a time when we're looking at our spending. And we're going, wait, wait, I've just been laid off, and I'm getting $1,200. Woo, government stimulus, that just lasted about a week, depending on where you live. Luxury department store Neiman Marcus files for bankruptcy. The one sad part I have about big department stores failing, uh, whether it be Nordstrom's or Macy's or Neiman Marcus, is when I was 16 years old and starting to get into the job market, I know you're saying, weren't you scooping ice cream at 16? Probably. You didn't need to exactly go to Macy's or Nordstrom's. Well, when I was 16, I started thinking about proms and stuff like that and dressing up a little bit more than as a student or an athlete. My parents sent me to Nordstrom's. They, they sent me to Macy's. Someone would measure my neck. Someone would measure my arms. They'd get a jacket for me. I'd try it on. We'd try another one on. I was absolutely bored out of my mind. But it, I, I do kind of feel that losing department stores is kind of a sad thing in America. Because there's kind of that thing of, let's go to the department store with our kids. To the point that Ron Johnson, who came up with the Apple store concept help make Apple like huge later went on to try to recover and recoup and resuscitate JC Penney's. One of his concepts for the department store was to get people to come in. So he gave free haircuts at JC Penney's. The idea of taking your kid in for a Saturday cut and picking up a power tool kind of sounds intriguing to me. Oh, I'll take the kid today. 
get a little bonding time with your kids, stop off at the food court, get a big pretzel. I feel sad about malls. I don't know if it's a long-term death trend uh, as they've already started to pivot and say, okay, maybe we don't need as many stores. Maybe we could put some condos in here, get some young people who don't mind where they live, good parking and lots of access to restaurants because uh, their apartment will be so small they won't want to eat in. They'll want to eat at these restaurants. The restaurants will love us and they'll pay a premium. Like You get the idea of how that plays out. So initial claims hit $3.16 million. Um, it's a big number. Continuing claims continued to climb by $4.6 million to $22.6 million. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense. China reported a surprising 3.5% increase in exports. Oil back up to $26.18 a barrel. Wasn't it under 10 last week, or did I bump my head? Was that two weeks ago? Oil moving higher is a harbinger, which was the name of my high school band, the Harbingers, based on improved demand for oil. Did this all really happen? Am I back in Kansas? Where is the correction? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. A little song about materialism. I heard Dave Letterman the other day. He was pretty funny about all this. I think he's in Montana. Like, that's his thing. But he talked about, he was being like, don't you hate, someone would ask him, don't you hate, like, not being able to go out and go to restaurants and go to, or like, don't you hate, like, you might go out and die? And he goes, no. This is exactly the way it's supposed to be. We're not supposed to have three refrigerators of stuff. We're not supposed, like, he's kind of enjoying the getting back to kind of um, the wilderness, if you will, which I think we're far from wilderness, but you get the idea. Speaking of wilderness, Slack Technologies, they're an alternative um, kind of a a Microsoft work from home, uh, work as groups kind of business. And their CEO is, is, their stock's doing well. It's a channel-based messaging platform, which is you can, emails and projects are all organized for you instead of by like date, by project. Um, Slack moves around messages in your inboxes, essentially helping you enormously. Um, kind of a smart computer, right? Like, kind of like what we always thought our computers would be. I grew up watching Buck Rogers, a TV show that I think was on ABC starring Gil Gerard. There's this little robot, Tweaky, and he carried around Dr. Theopolis or something like that. And uh, like the really smart computers had to have like robotic computers, dumb robots, like, walk them around. And the dumb robot, all he could go is, beady, 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 what's up, bug? And the smart one could, like, solve global pollution problems and nuclear strikes in tenth of a second kind of thing. So I want my computer technologies to be a little bit smarter than they are, because I grew up in that world. But CEO of Slack said something pretty fascinating. He goes, working from home will get easier. Okay. Okay. And that just, it kind of like, okay, okay, I kind of get that. 
if working from home involves more alcohol, it'll get easier. That's the thing that he forgot to throw out. Americans are drinking a lot more right now as we're sheltering in place. What will life look like as we get back to work? A lot more AA meetings, maybe. Anheuser Bush InBev. Yes, you could buy stock in Budweiser. Their stock is gaining despite reporting a wider than expected loss. A big loss. Company withdrew guidance in late February. Even with the disappointing figures, the company's stock is rising today. Large cap stocks have outperformed in the coronavirus sell-off, generally speaking. So we have to like acknowledge that out of the gate. Anheuser Bev InBev is a mega cap company. It owns the two best-selling brands of beer, Bud Light and Michelob Ultra. Neither one of them I would drink. Not because I'm a snob, because my palate is a snob. I'd rather drink water. Company sales declined 9.3% by volume. That's not good. But only 3.6% drop if you exclude China. That was the first country to undergo coronavirus-related lockdowns. First quarter volumes in China declined by nearly 47%. It's pretty humbling. We're kind of getting a a look-see, so to speak, from China's point of view on what we can expect a lot. There's something called on-premise consumption. What is on-premise? Well, that's drinking a beer at a bar or drinking a beer at a restaurant. And everyone's trying to weigh the loss of that versus the increase at home sales. Early trends in the at-home beer sales would seem to benefit the company, the least in the United States. So the company's shift to focus on premium brands in the United States led revenue to increase by 3% per 100 liters sold. It did lose an estimated half a percentage point. I can't make a case for Anheuser-Busch. I can make a case for like a harder alcohol company like a Diageo. Keep in mind, I understand alcohol ruins lives. I get it. And I'm not telling you to invest in something that ruins lives. It's up to you. But I guess for some people, it also probably improves their lives. See how optimistic I'm trying to be. So Slack CEO said working from home will be less stressful. Anheuser-Busch is doing their best, but that's not good enough for me. The big short investor, if you saw the movie, there's this guy named Michael Burry. He was one of the very first people to short the jumbo mortgages. He was he was smart. He went after the packaged mortgages. And he was right, and he, he became super wealthy and super famous because of it. He tried to do the same thing with GameStop. And it looks like he's admitting defeat. I throw that out there as a reminder of Elaine Garzarelli. Elaine Garzarelli called the tech crash in 2000 beautifully. Beautifully. She never called anything as beautiful again. She never got close. She tried to do it. I think the market goes higher from these levels. And three months later, it was still going lower. She was a market timer who became super famous. Michael Burry became super famous. There's a guy out there, Jim Rogers, who is pretty anti where we are in the stock market. But he's been pretty anti where we are in the stock market for 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 35 years. 
and he, he rubs me wrong because he was right once. He thinks he can still get out there and, and kind of live on the, well, I'm going to be the pessimist. Ah, this President Bush is spending too much money. Ah, this President Obama is spending too much money. Ah, China's catching, like, yeah, I get it. But it doesn't get you anywhere. It's like looking at the $2 trillion, $3 trillion in stimulus and saying, oh, well, we're definitely going to get inflation. Sure, hide behind that, but if we don't, you're very, very wrong, and you just missed something. If you're right, were you right that one time, or have you been calling for inflation since we've been stimulating government budgets for the last 20-plus years, since 9-11? You tell me. Um, and as my producer said, did we just really did, – did the economy just really stop the bear market in a, in a correction in its tracks? Is it done? Was it six weeks instead of six months to 18 months, which we were preparing to hunker down for? Way too early to call that victory, but it's out there. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or kdow.biz. Sounds like my bosses has got control of my music. Casualty of COVID nineteen. This is feeling a little bit like Mike used to work at a country station. I try to throw down a little bit more modern alternative. I was a big fan of REM and U two before they became household names, but they weren't playing on the radio for the longest of times. Anyhow, country music, refreshing. Moderna Therapeutics has got the FDA approval to start a COVID-2 phase 2 trial. The way I try to explain trials, very simple, is phase 1 is a little bit of laboratory work and a little bit of the drug compounds and have these things caused problems in the in the past. Um, have, has this drug, is it like 90 year old components that we, we know are pretty relatively safe and effective, or is it something new that we don't know the ramifications of 10, 15, 20, 30 years out? So phase one's, you know, pretty easy to get through. Phase two is a little bit of testing on animals. Think of it as we're going to give it to rabbits or we're going to give it to rats or we're going to give it to mice. Let's see how they respond. The problem was, when you get to phase three, that's when you start getting into the human angle. And we're just moving to phase two now for Moderna on a vaccination that we may find it causes birth defects. And we're like, okay, saves our lives but causes birth defects. As a nation, we'll decide, is that good or not? The lidiomide was the big lesson here. Um, it's renowned for its effectiveness in treating malignant and inflammatory diseases. It was a drug that we tried to get it into more labeling where doctors could say, oh, um, it clearly is effective at this and that. Maybe we could see if it's good for breast cancer. or Maybe we could see if it's good for uh, inflamed ankles. Or maybe we could see if it's good for cutting down on pain in uh Birth, or maybe we could see if it can grow hair on your head. The Little Mind was designed and advertised as a sedative. It would allow people to undergo a deep sleep in the absence of a hangover and with a reduced risk of developing drug dependency. 
at the time, basic testing of the drug was done, it was considered not to have any toxic effects on humans. And again, you're talking late 50s, early 60s, right? But then we tried to get it labeled for women's uh, labor pains and trying to get rid of like morning sickness. And we tested it on animals and it was fine. But when we tested it on humans, what we learned was that rabbit babies were a little bit different than human babies. And the rabbit babies weren't getting birth defects, but the human babies were. So there's a whole bunch of kids in the 1960s that are called thalidomide babies that have internal organ damage, congenital heart disease, facial palsies, disfigurements of their ears, ocular abnormalities, because women were told this is safe to take. It'll help. It'll help you, little lady, with all your, your, your birthing problems. It'll, it'll help. Just take this pill. It wasn't tested enough for that use, i.e. someone with a baby. Now, if you have leprosy with no baby, you're fine. You can get treated for anti-inflammatory with thalidomide. But again, that brought up the, and you're saying, why are you bringing this up? Because Moderna's just moving to phase two, which is animal testing. Phase three was when we get into human testing, and it becomes a little bit more taboo to make a mistake. How many monkeys, Reese monkeys and mice and rabbits and things like that die every year? You know, just five, seven years ago, makeup companies stopped testing makeup on animals, like putting makeup in their eyes to see how, if it burned or not. We're not the smartest countries in the world, or we're not the smartest countries in the, in the solar system, or whatever you want to say. So Moderna is moving to phase two trials for a COVID vaccine. Good. Fingers crossed, right? China, and for the record... I've never seen the FDA basically break as many rules as they're breaking now to get a problem solved. The amount of paperwork and testing that you have to submit on drug therapeutics, on efficacy results, the the number of you know closed laboratory tests you do, it, it's a, it's absurd. It's absurdly good as far as keeping things safe in a supply chain kind of way, but to think that there could be a cure for cancer that's not getting tested on a rampant level is kind of weird, right? China reported a surprise 3.5% increase in exports. Oil's above $26 a barrel. Several companies in earnings season are saying that they've seen a sign of stabilization in their businesses in April. And we're starting to open up the country. Slowly. Slowly. Um... We're getting more of a response from the airlines. You're probably getting emails from every company you've ever done business with of what does the next level of care mean for you? Trying to get us a little bit more ready to do this. Governor of California Newsom said it's going to take longer to get over these Depression-era job numbers. And like, what Depression-era job numbers? I don't see any Depression-era job. Tomorrow you're going to see Depression-era job numbers. Uh, there was a kind of fluke in the calendar where they're typically reported on the first Friday of the month. But this will be the second Friday, so it's literally been six weeks since our last Friday. Um, since our last first Friday jobs report. And a lot, how shall we say, has happened in the last six weeks of unemployment. 
more than we've ever seen in the history of of investing, of the history of Wall Street, the history of our economy, as far as keeping records go. So, a lot going on, right? Um, 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. A lot of the stuff that I don't talk about on this show, I wish I could. It just It's just boring. Liquidity. When I say the word liquidity, you probably start getting glass in your eyes. Is glass in the eyes or glassy eyes? You start with glassy eyes, not glass in the eyes. Glassy eyes would hurt a lot. Glassy eyes would be like, oh... Why do I need to know this? My brain's so small. It's a pea size. But liquidity is super important in bond markets, in trading markets, in country ETFs. In the 2000s, it was difficult to find country-specific open-end funds. There's one called the iShares, Morgan Stanley, Country Index, MSCI, Emerging Markets. It burst onto the scene in 2003. And that's when we were talking about BRICS. Do you remember when it, the show was fun and we talked about BRICS? Brazil, Russia, India, and China. And we threw in an S later on, South Africa. These were the developing economies of the world. Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa. Of which I think India and China can lay some claim to being deserved of that. Brazil's a mess. South Africa's a mess. Russia, we don't really know what's true and what's not true. But then again, that's the same can be said for China. People take for granted that they can buy a basket of highly liquid stocks. And that's one of the things that when the poop hits the fan, we learn about. Municipal bonds, muni bonds. These are bonds. These are government-issued IOUs from your local government. It could be from your Palo Alto. It could be from Stockton. It could be from the state of California. It could be a Baker, Bakersfield bond. Uh, we learned that you can't trade those very quickly, and if you do, you're going to get punished a lot, which is kind of the price you pay on Wall Street. I think the lesson that I really want to come out of this with is buy things that you feel comfortable with and make sure that they're liquid just in case things don't go your way and you want to get out. By the time you tried to get out of Brazil, it was too late. By the time you tried to get out of the United States in March, it was too late, and then it rebounded in April nicely. So now that things are a little bit more liquid and grinding higher, is now the time to say, okay, I wanted to get out in March. I decided that I couldn't do it because it moved too fast. Is now the time to look at my portfolio again? Yes is the answer. Yes. It's never too late to like ask yourself, why did I own that muni bond? And now that I've learned that it was that it, it's more volatile than I thought, is it appropriate for my portfolio when I'm 65? That's a good question. If you need liquidity, it's not. Or maybe we just learned that it is not. Again, this is all part of a bigger, you should have a bigger picture with a CFP, a financial plan, in my opinion. You can't just wing it, so to speak, but we're having a melt up again where we're moving up. Even though we know second quarter, we haven't seen the depth of the earnings problems. But we're also getting a little bit of clue from companies saying, well, this is as bad as it's going to get. We, f- we feel there's a stabilization. I think it's be a little bit lumpier than that. I don't think we can turn the, the dialogue into smooth jazz. I think it's going to be smooth jazz with a four-year-old child on piano 
and uh, a 17 year old boy on crash symbols where he doesn't quite get the timing. So it's going to be a little bit of a bumpy ride, but it does look like we have moved past the COVID-19 death drama, the headlines, the shock, the to the reopen the economy. Does the economy go well? Does it backfire? Well, I don't know. That's that's the next phase of the stock market to digest. Right now, the Wall Street is saying it looks like it's going to go okay. So we're getting the recovery before the recovery, the stock market recovering before the economic recovery. Wall Street kind of looks ahead. This is a little disturbing that two months ago it was depressed, and two months later it's excited. That's a lot going on. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We had a caller last segment, but he called in with about a minute and a half left, so I didn't quite have a chance to do enough research on it to give you a good opinion. Um, I want you to go on air. It makes for a better experience. It stops people from promoting stocks that they want promoted. Maybe he owns this one. And I could say, well, we're kind of promoting it right now. And we're getting other people on the bandwagon, even though you're up 40% today, no one else is. So let's not get too excitable, okay? So call the show, 800-516-1220, and I'll give you a good answer. Watch. Twilio, what do they do? First and foremost, they make um, a programming language. I have to imagine that unless you're an engineer in the Bay Area, you don't know what Twilio is. I have to imagine. Now, again, there's some probably software engineer in Florida who's like, I know what it is. But it's an API application programming language, and it's it's tied into voice, text, and video communications. If you've ever used Uber to call your driver, where it's a phone number built into an application, that is the messaging service that is Twilio. Twilio is WhatsApp's biggest customer. They offer services through programmable communication clouds. Um, they've picked up some acquisitions along the way. They're very similar to a company called Bandwidth, ticker symbol B-A-N-D. They beat expectations on earnings. They crushed them. But so did Band last week. I throw that out because Bandwidth, ticker symbol B-A-N-D, they're very similar companies. So if you had been paying attention to the sector, you found out something beautiful was likely to happen. Just throwing that out there. Um, Twilio has been a great trade. Now the question is, do you hold it going forward? Up 40% in a day. Up 24% is the correct way of saying that. Um, it's up 44 bucks, up 36%. It's just bouncing around crazy right now. But it's a huge winner, but it's also a very small company. And that's where you start getting into the market cap of going from $17 billion to $24 billion in one day. You're like, whoa, that's a big move um, for a small company. So let's talk a little bit more about the company, because I think it, it deserves a little bit of props. Trading sharply higher. It's demonstrated that it's a company that is benefiting from shelter in place and social distancing efforts. 
APIs are used to plug communication abilities, phone calls, text messaging, uh, SMS, uh, video into your apps. So if you're talking to Uber or Lyft and you call message the driver inside the app you're using Twilio, or if a restaurant lets you know that your table is ready via an app, that's Twilio's API is powering that interaction. There's a breakfast place that I like that it's like every other breakfast place in America. It feels like if you like it, everyone else likes it. Um, so when you get there, you put your name on an app and they'll go, we'll, we'll stay in touch. It's going to be 40 minutes. But every five minutes, like your table is 35 minutes away. Your table is 22 minutes away. Um, so it's updating you. It's communicating with you inside the app. Twilio reported a surprise profit, a big surprise profit. Um, the company came public in 2016. The surprise on earnings was its biggest ever since they became publicly traded and had to tell us. They've got legit sales of $364 million. Million dollars. Alex, I'll take millions for a billion. The most, um, they guided for second quarter. That is so worthy of note right now. When a car company says, here's our expectations for the second quarter, and their competitor says, we don't know what our expectations are. It's the demon known versus the demon unknown. It's the visibility versus the not visibility. So not only did Twilio say, we just crushed it in the first quarter. Cock-a-doodle-doo, look at me. But they said, we got this looking pretty good in the second quarter, too. And that visibility has people excited. One robust quarter followed by another robust quarter. And then it gets in in that Peloton argument that I need you to start really thinking about. Yes, we know Peloton is a COVID pandemic stay-at-home winner. Will it be after the fact? Will this shift away from restaurants? It saves my family hundreds per month cooking at home. It may not be as tasty. We may not be as fat, but it saves hundreds of dollars. Will my my action bleed over into 2021, 2022, 2023 and cut down on that ridiculous amount of spending for very tasty food? Twilio has the same question. Is it something that we're more likely to be using apps to contact people? And I think the answer is yes. Just even the idea of going into a breakfast joint and putting your name on a list and then just walking around in in air versus sitting in a waiting room. No, thank you. So they're a momentum stock. I invite, uh, I don't remember his name, but I invite him to look into it. I don't know if Michael owns it or not, but it's out there. So that's my analysis from just their earnings. Um, clearly I would have to do a lot more to give you a good recommendation on it. Stocks are rising today, despite another grim jobless claims report. I kind of got to wonder when the market sobers up. It feels like we're a little bit drunk on stimulus and drunk on a president that will try his best to get people back to work. And that combination of stimulus and getting people back to work, 33 million people, It's got the market partying as if things are great right now. 33 million people have lost their jobs in the last seven weeks. The NASDAQ composite is up 15%. This quarter, the S&P 500 is up 10, and the Russell is up 9.5%. 
it shows you that sometimes bad news is good news. And it's a little bit counterintuitive. The market's a little punch drunk. I'm not saying it's not going to last. But it doesn't make sense when you look at the jobs and then you look at the market and then you look at the jobs and then you look at the market. The market needs the economy. The economy needs jobs. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more.